Welcome, Harvest Church family, and thank you for joining us this week for our sermon podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged with the message prepared. Right now, let's listen in to this week's message. Well, I'm excited to be able to introduce our guest speaker that's with us today. He and his wife have been the lead pastors of House of Prayer since 2003. And I say guest speakers, but really they're not guests at all because we started a relationship with them and their church back in 2006. Back in 2005, there was a hurricane that hit um, New Orleans. It's called Hurricane Katrina, or Hurricane Katrina and it was, such dev- it was so devastating that it devastated the whole area there that uh, we wanted here at Harvest Church to be able to adopt a church in New Orleans for our, fossil, for our festival of giving. And every single year we do festival of giving, which is where we all get together. We try to raise about $20,000 worth of equipment and gifts to be able to bless a ministry. And that year, in 2000. 2006, we were able to bless House of Prayer in New Orleans with, uh, with our Festival of Giving. And God started a beautiful relationship back there, back then, that has still continued to happen even today. And every two years, we get to see each other, uh, the, them and us, we get to see each other at some uh, meetings that happen with the Assemblies of God. We're all Assemblies of God ministers, and every two years, there are meetings that take place nationally where we all get to come together. And for the, I want you to know we see each other every two years, and for the last 16 years, I have been able to see this couple, and I want you to know that this couple is a powerhouse couple, a humble couple, and a godly couple. Such wonderful, wonderful people. Harvest Church, would you help me to give the greatest, greatest welcome to Pastors John and Pastor Elizabeth Smith. Come on, put your hands together. Amen. Praise God. It is so wonderful to see all of your wonderful and beautiful faces. Amen. I'm going to let my wife, Elizabeth Garcia Smith, greet you real quick. Amen. Yes, yeah, someone said Boricua. That means Puerto Rican. Mi gente, mi gente están en este lugar. I just want to welcome you for those that are visiting Harvest Church. We are so excited to have you here today. And it is such an honor and a privilege to stand here today. As Pastor Gary mentioned, 17 years ago, we began this relationship. And who would have thought today, but I believe before the foundations of the earth, that God had written this story a long time ago. We're just getting the memo now. But God written the story. He said, for such a time as this. For such a time as, no, y'all didn't hear me. For such a time as this, to God be the glory for all the things he has done and will do. Amen. It is a privilege to be here. And Pastor John, I just want to tell you, preach the word, brother. Preach the word, man of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. That's my wife, the woman of fire. Praise Jesus. Listen, I remember when we first got married, 3 o'clock in the morning, this is a true statement. She would wake up and turn over at 3 in the morning and would just start prophesying to me. I said, oh, God. I make sure no sin is in my life. This woman is reading my mail at 3 in the morning. This is... 
I mean, it's just authentically who she is. It is so good to see you. My name is John Smith. My wife and I pastor a church in New Orleans, Louisiana. New Orleans, not New Orleans. New Orleans. That's how locals say New Orleans. Amen. Not Nolens. <laughs> New Orleans. Praise God. We pastor in New Orleans, Louisiana. Um, this church is not a stranger to us. This church is very familiar. And Brother Javier, good to see you. Come on. Amen. Listen, this is like family reunion because there are people that we met 16 years ago that's all over this sanctuary that it is so good seeing you today. And it is an honor and a privilege to preach God's word. I'm excited to minister to you. God's going to do something today. Look at the person next to you. Say, God's going to do something today. Now listen, I need, I need, I need you to, to be with me, to participate. Listen, the first service, they were pulling the anointing out of my body, right? So I need to get response from this. They told me 11 o'clock service, that's where the real fire happens. That's where the people that's excited. Amen. If you have your Bible, you can turn to Revelation chapter 11, verse 15. I want to preach a message to you this morning called Christianity That Works. Listen, we have friends watching from all over the country, uh, people that we love. If you're watching online, we love you. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in today. God's going to do something special even where you're at. You are not just watching and participating, but you are engaging the Lord and what he desires to do in your life. So I just want to tell you, come with a sense of expectation even as you are watching this broadcast, amen? And you need to share this with somebody because I believe that someone needs to be greatly encouraged today. So send them this message, Christianity at Works, and tell them, be encouraged today. Look at the person next to you, say, be encouraged today, amen? Be encouraged today, be encouraged today, be encouraged today. Be encouraged today. In March of 1960, well, let me, let me pray. Father, we just thank you and we praise you. We give you glory. I am excited, Father, to have the privilege and the opportunity to speak before your people, before the body of Christ. And I ask you, Lord, give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation, O oh God. Open up the eyes of our understanding that we might know you more. Give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to perceive what you are saying to us, what you are speaking in this moment and in this hour, Lord God. We pray, Father, that you are going to move with a demonstration of power. Your presence is in this place, and you are going to manifest yourself, Holy Spirit, in a mighty, tangible way. We will know when we leave this building that God was amongst us. We will know that your presence was in our midst, and we knew about it, and we knew that you were in our midst, oh God. So we bless you, and we thank you, Lord. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you and receive all the glory for what happens today and receive all the glory for what you are going to do today in the name of your son Jesus Christ and all of God's people said yeah. oh yes come on I like that all of God's people said yeah. oh yeah we're going in today we're going in today in March of 1966 John Lennon of the Beatles was being interviewed by the Evening Standard newspaper, and he made the most controversial statement in his entire music career and in the lives of the Beatle music group. And he said this. He said, Christianity will go. He said, it will vanish and it will shrink. 
He said, I needn't argue about this. I'm right, and I will be proven right. He said, right now, here in 1966, he said, the Beatles are more popular than Jesus Christ. Mm. He said, I don't know which will go first, rock and roll or Christianity. I don't know which one is going to cease to exist first, rock and roll or Christianity. See, what Mr. Lennon did not realize at that moment is Christianity is more than a religion. And Jesus Christ is more than just a representative of a religion. Christianity is part of the kingdom of God, and Jesus is the king, the ruler, the one who has dominion and authority over the kingdom of God. See, in the book of Revelations, it says, the world has now become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. There will come a time and a season where Jesus Christ will have rulership and all the earth will bow its knee and all of the earth will confess the lordship of Jesus Christ and his authority will be manifested over the entire earth. So when we speak about a Christianity that works, we're not talking about a religion. Jesus is not a, 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 a piece of wood or some carving that's attached to a side of a building. Jesus Christ is the resurrected one. He is the anointed Christ. He's the one that rose from the dead and he reigns in power and authority forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. So this morning, I want to talk to you about a Christianity that works. See, I don't know about you, but I don't do carbon copies. I don't do knockoffs. I don't do fake stuff. And Christianity is not a carbon copy of anything else. It is the authentic expression of the body of Christ here in the earth. Amen? So let me give you four points that I see in the word of God about Christianity that works. Look at somebody next to you say, this stuff works. See, this stuff works. See, when you go to the doctor and you're in pain, you, you want something that works, amen? And see, you may not be, well, you may be in spiritual pain or emotional pain, but if we go to King Jesus, the great physician, he has something that works, amen? Yeah. Number one, Christianity works because Jesus is the eternal king who reigns and rules over his church. Hebrews 1.8 says, but to the son, this is speaking of Jesus, he says, your throne, O God, endures forever and ever. Jesus' throne is eternally established. He reigns forever and ever. What he has established when he was resurrected from the dead and he ascended to the right hand of the Father, he was established for all eternity. But he didn't stop there. Say, look at your neighbor, say, there's more. Amen. He didn't stop there. He says, wait a minute. My throne reigns forever and ever, but I have to make sure that my disciples, my servant, my people who are on the earth are a part of this eternal kingdom. 
In Colossians 1.18, he says this, Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. When we speak about the church, we are the body of Christ. Christ is the head of the body, and we are the body. We are the hands. We are the feet. We are the expression of Christ in the earth. Mm. Says he is the beginning, Christ. He is supreme over all, Christ, who was raised from the dead. So he is the first in everything. The Fire Bible Commentary says this. It says that Jesus was the first to raise from the dead with a spiritual and immortal body. On the day of his resurrection, Jesus became the head of the church, the worldwide, all-time community of all true followers in Christ. So when we talk about the church, we are talking about the body of Christ that has the same eternal spirit that the head of the church has, who is eternal, who will reign forever and ever. So when we talk about the Christianity at works, we're talking about something that has no time limit. It has no expiration date. Somebody should have gave John Lennon the memo and said, John, you may expire, the Beatles may expire, but the church will never expire. <laughs> Mr. Lennon unfortunately was gunned down in 1980, so his expiration date ended 14 years later. And the church is still strong, reigning and ruling and operating in power in the earth because it is not contrived and created by man, but it is an eternal organization created by the power, the anointing, and the presence of the living God. This is a Christianity that works. Number two, Christianity works because we can live supernatural lives here on the earth and we are headed to our eternal destination in heaven. Luke chapter 10 and verse 19 says this, one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. It says Jesus is speaking to his disciples, his followers, his servants. He said, I have given you authority to trample or to tread over serpents and scorpions, over snakes and, 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 and scorpions, and to overcome all the power of the enemy, and nothing will harm you. Amen. Listen to me. The Lord has given us authority. He has given us power. We are not supposed to be subject to what Satan wants to do. The devil should be subjected to what the church wants to do. California, people who are watching from around the country, it is time to rise up and take the authority that Jesus Christ has given you and tread upon the serpents and scorpions and over all the powers of darkness. The only place that Satan has authority over is where the church allows him to have it. See, when you go to the gym, they have something. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen these things where people are posing in, in front of the mirror at the gym and they got their phone and they're taking pictures and, and, and they're flexing and they're doing all of that stuff. The church needs to learn how to flex on the devil and say, you need to back up because we have authority in this place, amen? 
I remember my wife and I, we were preaching on Bourbon Street. We were doing ministry there with our Mardi Gras outreach that we do back home. And there was this young lady who was involved in the satanic cult out of North Carolina. They lived on the farm. They worshiped the devil. They served Satan. And she came to Mardi Gras, and they had their booklets, their paraphernalia with their satanic symbols and emblems. And they were evangelizing doing Mardi Gras on Bourbon Street to bring people into their cults to forsake their families and to move to North Carolina and worship the devil. Do you don't believe for a second that the devil is not out there evangelizing cities, states, regions, and nations? He is evangelizing just like we're supposed to be evangelizing. That girl was out there and she was bitter and hateful and mean. She said, I don't want to talk to you. Leave me alone. Get out of my face. I said, okay, you want to flex right now, huh? Girl, you don't know who my Jesus is. You don't know. Look at somebody say, you don't know who my Jesus is. Say, you flex if you want to. Lord, I'll bust you up out here on Bourbon Street. <laughs> I said, Holy Spirit, give me something. He said, boom, gave me a word of knowledge. I looked at her. I said, you know what? I said, I know you don't want to talk, but I'm going to share something with you real quick. I said, when you were a kid, you used to go to church, and your grandmother was a godly woman, and she used to bring you to church. I said, but what happened is your grandmother died prematurely, and you bade God to save her and keep her from dying, but she died anyway, and you became bitter at God, and you pledged that you would never serve God for the rest of your life, so much so that you actually started to serve the devil because of the level of bitterness and hatred you had for God because your grandmother died, and you blamed him for it. This is in Mardi Gras with millions of people in downtown New Orleans and music is happening, debauchery and partying and foolishness. And I could see the conviction of the Holy Spirit come over her face and she's like, oh my God, how could you know this? I said, I don't know, but God knows. And the Lord is telling you right now that it's time for you to come home. It's time for you to forsake the ways and the works of the devil and know that there's a Jesus in heaven that forgives you. And he has, the Lord was not there to condemn her. The Lord was there to save her and to pull her out of the grips of the enemy. Because guess what, Harvest Church? We have authority and power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and the over all the powers of the enemy and nothing by any means shall harm us. The Lord just needs some people to go out and exercise the authority and power he has given to the church. Yeah. Hallelujah. But verse 20 says this, however, do not rejoice that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Jesus does not want our joy to be based on the fact that the enemy should be running away from us. But he said, let your joy be based in the fact, because that's a byproduct. Listen, the enemy should run when you walk in just because the presence of God rests on your life. That should just be the automatic. Can I get an amen? But he said, rejoice that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. 
Hallelujah. And we have been freed from the grip and the power of sin. We have been freed and liberated from the stronghold of the enemy. Listen, when we talk about a Christianity that works, we're talking about a Christianity that produces freedom and liberty for the believer. You should not walk in the same bondage as a Christian as you walked in when you were an unbeliever. I'm going to say that again. Somebody needs to get that revelation. It's simple but effective. You should not walk in the same bondage as a believer as you walked in when you were unsaved. If that's the case, I want to say you need to check your memo at the door. You need to check your credentials at the door and say, Lord, what's going on? Because I want to tell you the Lord is raising up people who are walking in power and freedom and liberty because Christianity works. Can I get an amen? Amen. Number three, Christianity works because Christ wants to offer us more than a religion. He wants to offer us a partnership. He wants us to partner with him. Amen. Romans 12, one says this. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and your proper worship. In the word study commentary, when it says present, that terminology is the same way that in the Old Testament, when someone brought their offering or they brought a sacrifice to the priest and the priest would would take the sacrifice, put it on the altar and burn it and present it before God. That's the same way that here in Romans 12, 1, that the Lord is saying we have to and we should offer ourselves up as a living sacrifice. A Christianity that works is not about participation. Oh, it's going to get real quiet in here. I'm just telling <laughs> Look at the person next to you. Say, don't, 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 don't look to the side. Just look straight ahead. Just, just keep your eyes forward. Don't, don't look. No, no, don't do it. No, no. See, we want to participate in the things of God and say, Lord, here, you should be pleased. And God said, no, no, I don't want a participation. I want a sacrifice. (sighs) Abel participated in what God asked for. I'm sorry. Cain participated in what God asked for. Abel gave God a sacrifice. God says, I have rejected your participation, Abel. I have accepted... I've I've rejected your participation, Cain. I have accepted Abel's sacrifice. See, the reason why we're frustrated in our Christianity and we wonder if this stuff works and we question is because we're participating when God says, I need a sacrifice. Look at somebody next to you say, offer yourself up as a sacrifice. Mm. We need to stop talking about it and we need to learn how to be about it. Amen. And the one thing that I sense that the Lord is asking us today, he's saying, will the church make themselves available to him and enter into a divine partnership? And more importantly, God is saying, will Harvest Church make themselves available to him and offer itself up as as a living sacrifice and partner with him? Listen, 
When you commit wholeheartedly to Christ, there is nothing he will not do, and there's no way he won't back you. The Lord is waiting for people who are totally committed. Amen? And number four, Christianity works because God wants to use ordinary people in extraordinary ways. Christianity works because God wants to use ordinary people in extraordinary ways. I don't know where you come from. I don't know what your background is. I don't know what you experienced in your childhood. I don't know what your teens and your 20s or 30s look like. It may have been great. It may have been horrific. But it doesn't matter because either way, God says, I will take it and I will use it because I'm a God that uses ordinary people in extraordinary ways. (laughs) Mother Teresa went to Calcutta, India. She was a nun. She was a, she was a Catholic nun, and she went to one of the most impoverished and desolate and isolated areas of the whole world. And she was an ordinary woman that God used in extraordinary ways. And she touched multitudes because she said, God, here I am. I make myself available to you. Corey Tim Boone during the Nazis' occupation of Europe, taking over and conquering. She rises up in the middle of the occupation of the Nazis, and she begins to take Jews and hide them. That's where the book or the movie, The Hiding Place, came from, because she was willing to say, God, I am an ordinary young woman. I have nothing much to offer you, but I offer myself up as a living sacrifice. And God took an ordinary woman and used her in extraordinary ways. William Seymour, the son of a slave, blind in one eye, barely educated. He goes to Charles Parham in Houston, Texas in a time where blacks and whites could not integrate. And he sits in outside of the classroom because he wasn't even, he wasn't even given permission to be in the classroom with the other ministers. So he had a desk outside the classroom and he would listen to the teachings of Charles Parham about the movement of the Holy Spirit. And then he took that from Louisiana, Shreveport, Louisiana, and traveled all the way to California and the greatest movement movement and outpouring of the Holy Spirit that the earth has seen since the days of the book of Acts was birthed through an ordinary man that God used in extraordinary ways. That's a Christianity that works. And I would submit the final version of that is when God comes to Harvest Church in 2022 And he says to them, I want to visit you. I want to empower you. I want to use you. I want to raise you up. I want to anoint you. I want to engage you. I want to use ordinary people in extraordinary ways. See, a partnership is always an invitation. A partnership is always an invitation. Brother Javier is a diehard Golden State Warrior fan. And I was looking at an interview with the famous Irvin Magic Johnson and Joe Lacob, the owners, the guys who owned the Golden State Warriors. They came to him. They came to, they came to Irvin Magic Johnson and they said, Magic, we want to offer you a partnership to become our third partner in the 
the purchase and the acquisition of the Golden State Warriors. But because he was connected with the Lakers, he said, no, thank you. He could have been a part of the next greatest basketball dynasty because he was offered, come on, say offered. He was offered a partnership but rejected it. I sense that the Holy Spirit is saying, I'm offering the church partnership. Who? Who? I'm offering the church partnership. I'm offering the church partnership. I want to take ordinary people and use them in extraordinary ways that will touch and impact Elk Grove, Sacramento, California, the U.S. and around the world. I'm offering you partnership because God uses ordinary people in extraordinary ways because this is a Christianity that works. Amen? I'm closing with this. Yesterday, my wife and I were going to go to the coffee shop on Laguna Boulevard, and we were leaving our hotel. And I went downstairs, and I said, baby, I'll pull the car around, and I'll wait for you to come down. So I pulled the car into the driveway, and there was a young lady. She was dressed in all red. It was a, it was a, a youth group from some other part here in California that came to a youth conference at a church locally. I didn't know that at the time, but I just remember seeing them all walk out and loading their van up. And I saw the young lady, and the Holy Spirit says, you're going to give her a word. And I was like, okay, Lord, praise God, amen. So I just waited. Pastor Liz came down, and as soon as she came down, I jumped out of the vehicle. We walked towards the young lady, and I said, I asked her a question. I said, hey, what are you guys down here for? They said, oh, we're going. We went to a youth conference locally. I said, wonderful. Okay. I said, listen, I said, the Lord is saying that you are called to the ministry, and he has called you, and he has anointed you, and he is telling you that he's going to use you with a demonstration of power and miracle signs and wonders. You're going to impact your generation. You're going to touch them. And I even quoted the book of Acts. I said, and in the last days, the Lord says that he will pour out his spirit upon all flesh, sons the daughter shall prophesy and she's at this point she's just weeping and crying her whole face is red she's weeping and her friend who was next to her hearing the prophetic word that she was being given she's a total stranger never seen this woman before in my life her friend who was next to her started weeping and walked away because she was she knew something that we didn't know and then all of a sudden, my wife gives her a word as well, and then she walks over away from the crowd, and she said, you don't know. You don't know what you're saying. You don't know. You don't know. Fast forward 30 minutes later, my wife and I go to the coffee shop, and she walks into the coffee shop to grab a coffee. I said, oh, my goodness. And she's away from her group, and she said, my husband and I are getting a divorce. And I didn't, I, I no longer believe that God could use me. So I was, we work with youth. We're the youth workers in our church. And I was leaving the ministry because my husband and I are going through a divorce. And she said, tomorrow, that was yesterday, so this is today. But she says, tomorrow at my church, I had to register and sign up for another year commitment to serve in the youth ministry that God has called me to. She said, and I 
had already determined that I was not going to sign up for it until you gave me this word. And even as that word was closing, I told her, I said, you, at, you were at that conference. You asked God for a sign. I said, we are your sign. God has called you. If you wanted an answer, this is your answer. God has called you. If God had to send somebody from 3,000 miles away to speak to the destiny of a person who thought that God had abandoned and forsaken them because they hit some rough patches in their life, God has called us because he wants us to live and operate in a Christianity that works. Hallelujah. Uh, you worship, you can come up. Today, I want to provoke you. I want to encourage you. I want to, I want you to live with no regrets. I want you to live a life that you can stand before Jesus and say, Lord, I am proud that I love you, I serve you, I worship you, that you're a part of my life, thank you. And then I did what I have been placed on this earth to do. I'm gonna give an altar call for salvation here in a second, but I wanna give a, a, a call right now. If you hadn't seen Christianity working in your life the way that you've seen in the Bible or, or what you've read in the Bible, or if you say, I have in times past, but in this season, I know I'm not walking in the manner that I believe God has ordained me to walk in. I want to pray for you this morning. I want to pray for you because I don't want you to go another Sunday. I don't want you to go another day wondering if what Jesus Christ did on the cross applies to your life. Hmm. I don't want you wondering whether or not you're going to come to church the next Sunday because are you going to receive something that's going to get you through the next week? I don't want you to question if God loves you or if he's committed to you or if he's able to deliver you and set you free from the things that the enemy has been robbing and stealing and pilfering and taking away from your life. I don't want you to question whether he's able to intervene in your family. I want you to know. I want you to know that Jesus is with you. I want you to know that he is for you. And I want you to know that he has empowered you to stand and to live in such a manner that when the people here in Northern California look, they say, that church harvest? Oh, that's real Christianity. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's the authentic stuff right there. If you feel like that word or you, if you want the more, if you desire the more, if you say, God, no more participation, I'm going all in. God, I'm not going to think about it. I'm going to go ahead and partner with you. Amen. No regrets. All business. If you say that's you, I want to pray with you this morning. You might be walking with God, but you say, God, I want the more. 
I'm not satisfied. I want the more, Jesus. If that's you, come on. We're going to pray. We're going to pray here at the altar. We're going to believe God for a move and the outpouring of his spirit. Amen. Thank you, sister. Anybody else? Come on. We're believing God for a move in this place. We're believing God for an outpouring of his spirit in this place. We're believing, God, that we're not going to leave here the same way that we came here. We're not going to leave here the same way that we came. We may have come one way, but we're going to leave a different way. We're going to leave in the way that we know that we have been touched by the power and the presence and the spirit of the living God. Come on, y'all spread. If you're here, just spread. Let everybody in. Come on. Just spread out. Go across. Same way. If you're coming up, just spread out to the to this side so we can let everybody come up. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. If you feel so moved and prompted while we're praying, just come on up. Listen, there's all there's all Jesus always has enough room for more. Amen. Listen, at his table, there's unlimited. There is no, there's unlimited with Jesus. Just lift your hands. If you're at this altar, just lift your hands before the Lord. Father, right now in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, God, I pray for your people, Lord God. Father, a Christianity that works, Lord God. Lord, I pray for a revolution, and I pray that you will raise up revolutionaries, Lord God. I pray that you will raise up people in this place and at this altar, Lord God, that's willing to go to the next level, Lord God. I pray for the power of the Holy Spirit, and I pray for the fire of God to begin touching them, begin asking them, say, Lord, let your presence come upon me now. Just talk to them, cry out. Say, Lord, let your presence come upon upon me now. God, I pray in the name of Jesus that the anointing of the Holy Spirit would begin falling on your sons and your daughters, oh God. I pray that they would experience the presence of God in a supernatural way, oh God. I thank you, Lord God, that your anointing, Father God, is manifesting in a supernatural way, Lord God. Father, I pray, Holy Spirit, come. Supply Spiritu Santo, supply Spiritu Santo, supply Spiritu Santo. Blow, Holy Spirit. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord God. Touch your people right now in the name of Jesus. God, touch them right now, Lord God. Let the anointing of the Holy Spirit touch them right now, Lord God. Manifest your glory, oh God. Lord, manifest your glory, oh God. Lord, manifest your glory, oh God. Lord, manifest your glory. Come, Holy Spirit. Listen, if the prayer team is available, come and let's just start laying hands on people. We're believing for a touch of God and a move of God in this place, amen. Come on, we're not participating. We're no longer participating. We're engaging and we're taking a hold of what Christ has died to give to his church in the name of Jesus. Thank you for joining us once again for this week's sermon podcast. We pray God's blessing on you as you face your day and week ahead. For more videos, messages, and other content, make sure you follow, like, and subscribe to all of our social media accounts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at GoHarvestEG. And be sure to check out our website at GoHarvest.org for the latest information on events and services. Until next time, stay encouraged and don't miss the opportunity to be a blessing to the world around you. 
God bless.